Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. Thank you for joining me on another episode. I want to thank you for all the prayers that you've put out for that captain at Fort Benning. We've since discovered that his name is Captain Ritter. He's currently on leave and he's safe at the moment. However, we've also discovered through Terminal CWO, thanks a lot, love what you're doing, that Captain Ritter has a bolo, be on lookout for. And anyone who knows of his whereabouts are supposed to report it to the military police at Fort Benning. Please keep him and his family in your prayers. I also really want to give a huge thanks to everyone at this group called We the People. We the People took it upon themselves to make some change in the community. They went and protested in front of the post where I work. Thank you for sending that message. Hopefully, CID doesn't try to do to me what they did to Captain Ritter. Hopefully they wouldn't try to do something that seems the optics appear to be illegal because we're under a country that's ruled by law, not by men. But first, let's hear a quick word from one of our supporters. Hi, this is Joy. Here at After Hours, we like to draw strength from those that have gone before us and have lived through hard times. Here's a quote from the late President Theodore Roosevelt. Patriotism means to stand by the country. It does not mean to stand by the president or any other public official, save exactly to the degree in which he himself stands by the country. It is patriotic to support him insofar as he efficiently serves the country. It is unpatriotic not to oppose him to the exact extent that by inefficiency or otherwise, he fails in his duty to stand by the country. In either event, it is unpatriotic not to tell the truth, whether about the president or anyone else." End quote. May we know the truth and may the truth set us free. This is Joy, out. Thank you, Joy, you are correct. Let us be patriotic. Let us tell the truth. And that truth will set us free. Thank you. God bless you. And we'll keep you in our prayers. Keep making courage contagious. During this episode, I'm having my wife on. She's the other half, the other side of the story. I'm very thankful to have her on with me. And now you get to hear a similar story from a different perspective. All right, so today we have a very special guest. This is the first time we've ever done this, and this is the very first in-person interview I've ever had. Um, and, and let me introduce you to my wife. Um, she is a blessing from the good Lord, and she truly is. Um, from the moment I saw her, first time, my first night on call and in residency, it took a little more convincing for her to, to feel the same way. But But here we are. We've been together for like nine years now, right? I don't know, is it nine? Yeah, I think it's nine years. Been married for six. She's helped me with this courage that I have now. She is 
Been married for eight years, huh? No? Six? Our son's I don't know. Six. <laughs> and so we've been married a year longer, so so this September it'll be seven years. Because he'll be turning seven. October. Yeah. October. He'll be turning seven in September. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, but yeah, so you've mentioned that you wanted to come on the show a few times, and so now I've got you in my my studio. And just so you know, our studios, it's it's almost like a closet. Like almost it is like, a closet. like a walk-in closet. It is. Okay. Because it, it has good audio um, dampening ability with all the clothes in here. Uh, but anyhow, so one thing that we wanted to talk about together was eating. Because I know you, you have some people that have been reaching out to you who know who I am. And they're asking you all about eating. Just go ahead and talk about some of the the questions you've had or the concern or just, just the way that you look at food and how your perspective of food has changed. Well, I'm not as strict as you are. I don't just eat meat. Um, I don't eat vegetables and I don't eat bad seed oils. And what's a vegetable? Vegetable. Basically, if it's green, don't eat it. Okay. Uh, lettuce, uh, cabbage. What else? Oh, and roots. Yeah. So Try basically, to stay away from roots. And a good way for if you know heard you tell people and I tell people often is if it's a if it's the body of the plant, that's a vegetable. Right. Stems. Stems, seeds. Those are bad. The plants don't want you to eat them. Right. Okay. So I don't eat any of those, but um, I do eat meat and I eat a lot of fruit. I eat quite a bit of fruit. But you got to find what doesn't affect you, especially. I'd say especially the ladies. I get a lot of questions from women asking about food, and we're just, we're not men. So we can't, we can't eat the same as men and expect the same results, or... I think a good way to think about it is eating, if you don't eat any carbs, you have to eat so much fat, because your energy only comes from either carbs or fat. And when you don't eat enough fat, and you're only eating fat for energy, you start getting cravings, like uncontrollable cravings for sugar, for sweets, for all these things. And it's okay. You don't have to have all your calories come from fat. That's fine. But if the majority of your calories come from fat, then you do need some calories coming from carbs. So should I tell the story about how when I started, how I felt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can... Let me just shut myself up here. No, no. You can eat... uh, get rid of all that what we just said too before so i started in 2000 was it 19 when you came up with the idea oh i'm just gonna eat meat i thought you i thought you were absolutely insane like how is that healthy you're gonna die of a heart attack and yeah how dare you i know how dare you just want to eat meat and kill all the earth and all that how anyway. dare you <laughs> thank you greta well, we'll have the anyway. producer stop hitting that button. <laughs> anyway, so I watched you for a good couple of weeks, and you felt great and were feeling amazing. And I said, okay, well, I'll give keto a try. So I did, and I went with um, under 20 grams of carbs a day, just, just to start. And just, so, just a little background. You have to understand that when you start this thing, you're going to go through a tough time. And when you reduce carbs, think of carbs more like nicotine or alcohol or heroin. Not that they're that addictive or they're dangerous, but they do hit the same center in the brain. 
the nucleus accumbens. It's the same. It's the addiction center. So that's where all those addictive things hit. Even gambling, everything nucleus accumbens, and carbs hit that same center. And so I was a carbaholic, and I consider myself still one because I cannot be left alone around cake. I can tell that story in a little while too. And so I did it and I went under 20 grams of carbs and I had my little app on my phone and I was tracking it and it was hard. The first two weeks of that, I thought I was going to die. I was shaking. I was sweating, which is normal to sweat. You um, release a lot of fluid when you're first starting um, keto. And so I was... And all those symptoms that you just described are all withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. So people who quit cigarettes. Uh, and then the thing with alcohol, you know, 10% of the people that quit alcohol, they'll have withdrawal symptoms and they'll actually die without medical intervention. So if you're, you're, you're trying to quit alcohol and you have those symptoms, don't blow them off. That could be dangerous. But a lot of these symptoms that you, the people have when they first start low carb, either keto or carnivore, any version thereof, they're going to have all these withdrawal symptoms. It's withdrawal. Yeah. And so I was grumpy. I was agitated. And it was really bad. I'd, I did not know if I could do it. Uh, it. It was extremely hard. So I remember one day in the supermarket saying, oh, I'll just grab a bagged salad because, you know, that's healthy. And that's, that's what we've learned. Pretty it, much keto, right? People so I looked healthy. at the label and it was like 60 grams of carbs in this one bag of salad. And so I put it down and I did not realize that vegetables had so many grams of carbs. And so I saw you not eating any vegetables and, you know, well, that's interesting. But I still felt like I needed vegetables because that's what we're taught, that vegetables are healthy. So I would wrap my cheeseburger in lettuce instead of a bun. And And just real quick aside, think about who's teaching you that vegetables are important and you must eat them. The government is. There you go. Thank you. That awful food pyramid. Anyway, and so I would wrap my stuff in um, lettuce and, and have tacos. But instead of the tortilla, I would use uh lettuce. And uh, it, I don't know, it got boring. And I saw you not having to do that and still not dying of a heart attack from eating all the meat. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll try that. So I did. And I stopped all vegetables. And mentally, I was more clearer. Mentally, I was more fun to be around and more happy to be around. And I was not bloated. Like I used to be. You show me pictures of people online all the time and they say, I got my afternoon bloat. Like that's not, it's not normal. Not normal at all. It's not normal. That's If your you gut have abs in the morning, you should have abs at night before you go to bed also. No food should affect you and like make you look three months pregnant in the middle of the day. Like that's, that, fermen- that's not normal. That's fermentation that's going on in your gut, which shouldn't be there. And if right. you have something like IBS, it's going to hurt because your gut's distending and it hurts. Right. So then I just ate strict meat and all those symptoms passed. I didn't feel bad anymore. And I'm just going to put a little plug in here for LMNT. Yes, love them. Salts. Um, I wish we knew about them when we first started this because we didn't know about them. And they're amazing. They're made by Rob Wolf and they're just amazing. Another quick plug is his book, um, Sacred Cow. It will help you understand why if you remove cows from the face of the earth, you will have no more humans. And so I was just eating meat for a good couple of months, but uh, I'm, I get bored really easy and I need something new and fresh. So I started eating some fruit and still felt okay. 
And then I introduced a couple of things back, and I still felt okay. And then I introduced broccoli back in because, oh, it's so good for you, isn't it? It's so good for you. So I introduced a little bit of broccoli back in, and I felt horrible. How many days? Huh? How many days were you horrible for? Like a whole week I felt horrible. And I forgot to say that um, when I first started eating this way, um, I had reflux really, really bad for years. And then I started eating this way, and it went away completely. So I got off my Zantac. I was on for like four or five years. Completely got rid of that, um, which is awesome. And so, yeah, I I introduced broccoli back, and there comes the bloat. There comes the reflux. And it was terrible, and I felt miserable. It was awful. So ever since then, I never ate. I have never ate. Um, vegetables ever again. Right. And, and to be I cl- don't miss them. And to be clear, because um, some people may not understand that spaghetti squash is actually a fruit. There's a lot of things I thought that were vegetables that are actually fruits that um, are good. But a little side note on that, you ha- it's your body. I know my body so well, and I know what affects it and what doesn't. And so something that works for me might not work for you. Just like for you, Sam, I can't eat just meat. I mean, I could, but I like variety. And so I introduced back things that I felt good on and that I know work for me. This might not work for somebody else. That's why, like, when I get these questions, I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know your insides. You know you. So my biggest thing would be eat meat for 30 days. Yeah. And then slowly introduce one thing at a time. If it affects you, then don't. If it doesn't, then eat it. But look at your labels and make sure that there's no bad oils in it. Vegetable oil, sunflower oil. I mean, those are all terrible. They hide these in like pork rinds. Your pork rind should not have sunflower oil in it. Like they shouldn't be fried in that. They should be fried in the lard that they come with naturally. Right. And so you just have to be so careful. Like, a certain brand of mayonnaise that we buy, it's it has all, I'm sorry, avocado oil. That same brand has another type of mayonnaise that says made with olive oil. Well, if you flip it around and you look at it, it's a mix of olive oil and canola oil. So, like, you have to be so careful, and those oils are so terrible. And those oils are actually linked to sunburns as well. So if you eat those oils... And then you go, you know, stand out in the sun, you're going to get sunburned. And we've seen that with our own child. Our own bodies, too. Yeah, we have a son who is very, very light-complected. Very fair. He is like Casper the Ghost. And he used to go outside for 20 minutes and get absolutely sunburned. And we were feeding him crap. We were feeding him, like, Standard cheese American diet. puffs. Uh, just, you know, what every whatever American he wanted. Because he's on the lighter side and he needs to eat. And... Um, but yeah, so now he goes outside. He has a tan. He's tanned. He's tan darker lines. than I am right tan now. Tan lines. Like, we went to the a, zoo. It's absurd. We went to the zoo, what, two, three weeks ago? And we were out there for hours and none of us got a sunburn. Yeah. No sunscreen. No yeah. chemical sun barrier. We, I mean, we stayed in the shade. We're not going to just, you know, stand in the sun as long as you can because in Arizona it's, it's hot and you can get a heat injury, but we're not burning like we thought we might. Yeah. And so my biggest point that I want, especially ladies, to know, know your body 
if if you want to be at peak performance, if you want everything to work the best for you, eat meat for 30 days. Just meat. Do not do keto. Just eat meat 30 days. Because meat has never been shown to like make you get inflamed or anything like that. It's not associated with any of that. Um, so just eat meat. And lots of fat. It can be, yes, lots of fat. Heavy cream is good. And Butter. When I say just eat meat, I mean like anything from animal. Eggs, cheese. Seafood. um, Yeah. Anything like that. But make sure that you're eating enough fat or you'll starve to death and you'll be absolutely miserable and you won't last very long because you will crave and then you'll eat whatever. So eat lots of fat. So kind of an aside to that, there's this thing called rabbit starvation. We were in Alaska and... Um, the fur traders, when they first went to Alaska back in like the 1800s, early 1900s, they would eat small animals, rabbits. Well, they didn't have any carbs and they, rabbits don't have much fat. And so they would get rabbit starvation, meaning they would starve to death because their stomach would be full of protein, but they didn't have the essential energy at the molecular level for their mitochondria to make energy. And so you will starve to death if you don't have either fat or carbs. Now you have to have fat because it's essential. Your body can't make it. Carbs, there's no essential carb. And so there's this little app on um, the phone that you can get. I believe it's called Carb Tracker. And that's where you can track all your fat and make sure you're getting enough fat. And then after 30 days, you know, introduce something in. Say that you love fruit. Okay, so have some strawberries and see how you feel. Um, Say you really love vegetables. You have a favorite vegetable. Introduce it again. See how you feel. And if you feel good, eat it. Like what works for me might not work for you. What works for you might not work for me. But that's okay. We're all different, and that's how it is. And some of the other docs, like uh, Saladino, uh, Paul Doc- Saladino, Dr. Paul Saladino and Dr. Um, Sean, Baker. Sean Baker, they're a lot more strict than I am, significantly more strict than I am, because that's what they want to do. Now, I don't eat vegetables, and I, I rarely ever eat processed food. I mean, that is, I tried to never do that. But I will have fruit. Occasionally, once a month, twice a month, which is a lot more than those other two guys. Well, Saladino eats a lot of fruit now. Uh, but Baker, I don't think he ever eats fruit. No, he just eats meat. But so you got to figure out what's right for you. But it's better to eat more meat, have an animal-heavy diet, and then get rid of the, the vegetables, get rid of the processed food, and the fruit you add in or take it away as it, as it works for you. And... I don't have any studies on this. This is just something I've observed. But if you look at the world today, mainly our younger generation, like between 20s and 40s, say, if you look at them, the rates of anxiety and depression are just skyrocketing, absolutely skyrocketing. And what diets are being pushed? These plant-based and vegan diets, they are extremely unhealthy And I'm not sure if this is everybody, but when I eat vegetables, something happens in my brain, and I am just not a happy person. I I am not happy to be around. I am grumpy. I get agitated super-duper easy. I don't know what it is, but when I eat vegetables, I am like a different person. And I, like I said, I don't have studies or any of that. I don't even know if studies have been done. So you don't have studies. I'm glad you mentioned that, though. Okay. So in April 2020, a study came out, and it actually said that those that eat no meat have more behavioral health issues than those that eat meat. Well, there you go. 
And and the reason is, is is you need it for your brain to function properly. You need fat. Your brain is the fattiest organ in the body. Well, we're made of fat. Our immune system is made of fat. So that's important to note. And part of the immune system, LDL is actually part of the immune system. And so there's this lie that's been perpetrated in the medical community that LDL is going to kill you if it's high. Well, if we lower LDL, and I had a patient that actually exhibited this. He was in his mid-30s. He had like high normal LDL. Some doc before me put him on a statin. That medication is specifically designed to lower LDL. Ever since that point, about a year before, he started having urinary tract infections, which is very unusual for men. He had multiple abscesses. And so we took him off because that's one of the side effects of statins is infections because it lowers LDL and LDL is part of the immune system. Again, you know your body. So test it. You know, that's the fun part is you get to experiment. You get to find out what works for you and what does not work for you. I still try to stay under 50 grams of carbs a day, but I don't always do it. And I still feel okay. One thing we talk, you and I have talked about, and I think this is the most important thing, is flexibility. Whether you're mentally flexible, physically flexible, and metabolically flexible. That's one area that no one talks about flexibility. Being metabolically Flexible means you can be able to go into fat metabolism. That's ketosis. And that's difficult for most people in the United States to do. They don't, they can't do it. It's going to take them lots of pain that they're not going to put themselves through and a week or two to get through that. And then get into carbohydrate metabolism. And it's easy to flip back and forth if you're mostly in the fat burning phase. But if you're always in burning carbohydrates, it's really hard to get into that fat burning and it's, I think that's one of the most important things. It's okay if your sugar spikes as long as it comes back down quickly. You and I did an experiment where we wore a continuous glucose monitor or a CGM. And I wanted to see if I could spike my sugar because it hadn't spiked for almost the whole two weeks. So I took 60 grams of, of honey and it spiked up to like 140, 150 something and then dropped back down and it was at normal in less than 45 minutes. Yeah. And I tried to get my sugar to go up and it just wouldn't. I, I tried everything, and I seen something super interesting that yeah. I kind of already knew. Um, so you wear this thing, the CGM, and it sticks onto the back of your arm, and they're they're pretty awesome. Most doctors <laughs> won't give them to you um, if you ask because they say that they're quote preventative. Well, yeah, I'm trying to prevent myself to get diabetes, but they they won't let you have them. For whatever reason. Because they don't understand the, the value. Just like yeah. fasting insulin, they don't understand the value of it. But if you go on to Nutrisense.io, I believe is the site, uh, you can get a couple from there. I don't know how it works. Um, I've just went on the website. We got ours. Uh, from, Through our medical system. Yeah. And so we wore it for two weeks. And I noticed that when I sleep, my sugar dips into the 30s. Uh, which is super interesting because that is... Common medical knowledge would say she should be dead or having a seizure. Yeah. But like I said but before, she everybody's different. Everybody is different. And then when I woke up in the morning, it would spike up to 60 because that's normal. You should spike back up when you're awake. And um, throughout the day, I was hovering around 70, which the, the medical community would say, mm, that's, that's a little That's low, on the low side. You know? And so I remember uh, eating one day, and then it stayed in the 60s. 
that's just me. And I am very, uh, a very happy person in the 70s. I did notice when I ate some sugar, it did go up to about 80 or 90, and I felt grumpy. I was kind of shaky and agitated and anxious, but then when it came back down to 70, I was back at my normal. So I would say that my normal levels are between 30 and 70. And if you tell a doctor out there that, you know, they would think that you're absolutely insane. Well, what we do in residency is if someone's sugar's below, is it 50 or 60? And I've told you to do this before. Give it ampule of D50, so that's 50 grams of sugar, push it right into their vein. Now, you'd have that done every few minutes if that were you in the hospital. Yeah, and I would be a very agitated person. And you wouldn't be healing well because <laughs> right. you'd so, be agitated. The, the moral that I want everyone to get from this, I think moral is the right word, the idea, the thought, I want everyone to concept. get the concept. I want everybody to get from this, especially ladies, is we're not all the same. We're not all the same. Again, what works for me may not work for you. We're all different. Each and every one of us, that's what makes us special. That, that's special. absolutely true, but in the bigger sense is we're all humans. Right. And so these people that say, well, I only eat plants and that's all I eat, that's not sustainable. And there was no vegans 100 years ago because they would die. Straight up, there's things that are in animals that are, don't exist in plants. B12, essential fats, essential proteins, and you would die. Nowadays, people can get... Uh, supplements, and so they can not die, they, but they'll be sick and they'll have all sorts of problems. So so she's right. Like everybody has the fine tuning. There's little bits here and there, but we're all humans and we all require animal products. Yeah. Like all horses need grass, but maybe they do better with this grass versus that grass. And so another thing I want to let all the ladies know out there is that I never had a normal cycle like in my entire life. Never had a normal cycle. Never knew when it was coming. It would be like 30 days, and then it would be 20 days, and then it would be 40 days. I mean, it was crazy. And so starting this has helped 100%. I mean, it comes at day 28 every single month. Like, it's it's amazing. I'm not on any type of drugs. I'm not on any medicines for it. Nothing. It's just food. I stopped eating vegetables. I stopped eating bad oils. So that's pretty fascinating, and I'm not sure if it'll help with uh, endometriitis or endometriosis or PCOS, but Dr. Ken Berry has a whole YouTube playlist on women's health. So if you're looking to see if maybe this might help you, check him out on YouTube, Dr. Ken Berry, and he is an amazing resource, and so is his wife. His wife actually had thyroid problems. He's got a playlist on thyroid. Yeah, and she had infertility problems, and she's pregnant with her second child. And one point that I want to bring up, too, is even if it doesn't help with your particular medical condition, if you put premium fuel in whatever machine you're running, you're going to have the best possible outcome. And by that, I mean eating this way may not cure all of your medical ailments. And I'm not saying it will, because who knows? But if we stop putting the bad stuff in our in our body, like stuff that's not food and shouldn't be eaten, and we quit eating that, and we start eating what humans have been eating for thousands of years, and we put peak fuel in, we'll get peak performance with whatever hardware we have. That may still mean there's disease process, and you may still have to take medications. 
but at least we're helping ourselves out the most that we possibly can. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is a cure for everything, but it will help and you'll feel great. You'll feel so much better. But I have had two patients cure. I don't want to say cure. Basically cure. They completely resolved all of their diabetes. One of them was on 80 units of insulin. And within the first week, he was down to 10 units. And within two months off of all of his diabetic medications and completely controlled sugar. And the other guy, he, his A1C was greater than 12, couldn't measure. And within six months, off all medications, completely controlled, doing great. Okay, so let's take a little pivot. I got two different discussions that, that we could possibly, you know, your choice. Do you want to talk about being alert, being aware in, you know, these current days, you know, especially having children and being out and about? Or do you want to talk about work? Um, well, since we're on food, I think we should talk about work and how... I got my finger on the button. Case. I'll try not to swear. I'm pretty mad. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, since we're on the topic of food and how it's helped me emotionally and mentally, I think we should go that route. So, But it's not just the food, too. I want to make it clear that she's not, like, praising food. We have a very strong relationship with God, and that is definitely getting yes. us through this. But that relationship, there's a biblical basis for the way that we eat. We can do that another time. That's a whole discussion. I'll go for it. Being a wife during this time and having to uh, support you and, well, not financially, but mentally. Still making money. And, you know, all that. But being my, my calm when I come home and having a castle that I can come to that is a fortress right. and making it that. Right. Which is, is a huge blessing. So, like I said, we were just talking about food and how it helped me emotionally and mentally. Well, I honestly don't think that I could um, deal, I guess, with everything that we've been through the past nine months um, if I wasn't eating this way. Because I think mentally I would be a complete disaster. I'm still, like, let's not get it twisted here. But She's holding it together pretty good. I am pretty mad at these Oh, people. Yeah, sorry about okay. that. Okay. I, I am very upset at what's going on and how you're being treated. But Targeted can, by, mo- yes. by almost every doctor in the military? Pretty much. Can I say that? People who I said we, it. And so I honestly don't think I'd be able to um, put up with this. Like, I, I, I think I would have just like threw my hands up and walked away and just been so, you know, mad and not be able to think it through and talk it through. Um, yeah. And, uh, I don't know what else I want to say about it. I guess I don't have that much to say about it. Um, it's, it's sad. It, it, it truly is sad because you know how Facebook shows up with all these like memories from eight years ago. Well, I came up with a memory that I shared with you, Sam, the other day and how our, uh, some friends, these friends, I would not call them friends now, but these people that we had over our house, we invited them to church for Easter uh, uh, about eight years ago or so. And that memory popped up and those same people hate us right now and talk very badly about publicly, us professionally publicly on yeah. Facebook in these doctor groups. And and it's it truly is, it's heartbreaking, the amount of people that we've lost in our lives that we used to call friends. I think it's, there's also the the blessing side of it, the other side of that coin. And it, that side is 
you don't have to wonder who anybody is. Right. We can see it now. Because this, not hiding. <laughs> this topic, COVID and, and all the goes with it, it's it's so it's that third rail that as soon as you touch it, you're getting you're getting hit with that, that bolt of lightning. And so people can't even they can't hold it back. And and you know, if you've ever wondered, if you've ever gone through life wondering, man, how did the how did the Germans do it? How did they become the guards in those concentration camps? How did they shuffle people into into the cattle cars? How do they shuffle people into the, the, quote, showers that were gas chambers? Well, look around, folks. The people that are pushing this, the people that are, let's say, banning the use of ivermectin that would have saved about 90% of the people that died in the United States, they are the ones who are shuffling people into the, the quote, showers. And the blood is on their hands. And I just want to give a quick shout out to... Um Everybody that showed up to the protest that was for yes, you this local, morning. Local group called We the People. That's what they call themselves. They're a local action group. They're just regular people. And they took it upon themselves to protest in front of the place where I work. Yesterday on post, the soldiers, they were having these signs to kind of encourage people and make people happy. And, and I found out later that it was due to um, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And they're trying to, you know, show people that have been sexually assaulted that this is a safe place, which is good. Great. That is a very good goal. However, how can you do that and then do all the things that you've done to me because I don't want you to stick something in my body? Where's the the difference? So that happened in front of the gate yesterday or just inside the gate, right around the gate. Outside the gate today, this group called We the People, amazing group of, of people. They went out there and they protested and they had signs and they were chanting and they said they had signs that say courage is contagious. And they said, we stand with Dr. Sigaloff and just all these wonderful things showing amazing support. It's truly amazing that there are people that that refuse to go off the cliff with the rest of society. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even me saying, don't get the vaccine. This is me saying, hey, pause. Think about it. Let's look at all the angles of this. And let's make sure that the orders that were given are actually legal orders. Right. And it's good to realize that you're not alone either because just because you don't think the way that mainstream media wants you to think doesn't mean that you're by yourself because we go out and we talk to people. My husband loves to talk, as you people probably know. Right, Sam? Well, I got a medical condition that makes me talk. Yeah. He loves to talk and um, he talks to everybody and so, How you know, dare you? Uh, Greta, be quiet, Greta. Whoever keeps hitting that button, we'll have to get him to He's stop. He's going to get fired. Yeah. You're fired. Anyway, <laughs> you that one. you're fired. <laughs> anyway, and so um, he talks to everybody. And actually, the way that we all think is, I would say, the majority. Because even if you got the vaccine, um, you could still think like this. Like, you don't have to fall in line just because you got it. And most people that got it don't want people to be forced. Right. And I think this is a really important point that you're hitting on the side of it. I'm going to hit it right on, head on. If you got it and you don't like the idea of the mandate, then stand up for those that don't want to get it at all. And if you don't want to get it, allow those people to come over and be part of this side because we need everybody. Everybody. Because it's not about whether you 
you wanted it or didn't, or if you think it's safe or you don't think it's safe, that's a different discussion. It's, are you going to allow someone to jam something into your body? It's interesting, it's sexual assault month. That you don't want jammed into your body. Because right now it may be the shot, but what if it's next week it's something different and you don't want that? Or it's the next week it's something for your child and you don't want that. Now is the time to stand while there's still other people to stand with. Yeah, so we had this wonderful lady over our home in Alaska. She was selling us Cutco knives. Amazing uh, knives. Always buy them if you can. Yeah. My grandparents are... plug for Cutco. My grandparents Cutco knives. They got them at their wedding 60 years ago and still sharp. Okay. She's rolling her eyes. ADD at its best because he gets distracted and squirrel. Okay. Anyway... We had her over our house because we wanted to buy some more knives. And uh, she said something to us that was just amazing. And I'll never forget it. And I'm going to probably butcher it. So if you want to help me, you can. She said that we're all in a chess game. We're all in a game. She said chess because we're the and, pawns. And, and some we're people. being yeah. ruled by kings and queens and all these people. And if you don't want to be a pawn anymore... You don't have to be a pawn. Get out of the game. Right. And she said some people think it's like a 4D, 5D chess game. Just get off the board. Yeah. You don't want to be the ones pushing the pieces around either because we don't, we're not those type of people. We don't want to push the pieces around. We want to be above the game, watching, trying to stop the game from happening. So if you're tired of being pushed and told what to do, then get out of the game. And I, I think once we realize that we, the people, we're in charge of the country. We're the boss. Yeah. We employ the politicians. Our tax money pays them. So technically, technically, we are the employer and they are our employees. But something flipped somewhere and now we think that they rule us when when really we the people i mean isn't that it's what our it money says? that they're spending we the people interesting thing that i discovered this past week in some of the i go off on crazy topics but i found out that a c37 that a lot of these quote top tier people fly around in so people like senators congress people a c37 cargo 37 look it up that's a gulfstream 5 that's what Fortune 50 uh, CEOs fly around. That's what these, you know, these rappers who had all this money and they, you know, fly, talking about their G5 flying around. That's what they're flying. So if they're flying around like that, while well, us pawns and peasants have to take commercial and coach and all that. Well, they're flying around on their, you know, big old planes, but they don't even want us flying. How dare you? Thank you, Greta. Yeah, and they don't want us driving cars either. How dare you? Greta. Yeah. How, How dare, dare you? you? Who gave her a microphone? <laughs> But yeah, and so we have to, like, I'm not saying that they need to take commercial flights everywhere, but but maybe a Gulfstream 5 isn't the best thing for them to be flying around thinking they're big shots when when they're the public servant. When when we realize that if we all stand up and say no, if, if we all just stand up and say no, then things will stop. And one way to also affect this and to not be a pawn is to think locally. If there's a guy down your street that has cows, go talk to him. Find out, hey, when are you going to slaughter these cows? When can I buy a cow? Okay, you can't buy a whole cow. Get a couple friends, buy a quarter each. Get a freezer, throw it in there. Now you're eating good food. You're helping the local economy. And it just, it tastes better. It, it, 
has it's a better quality meat typically. I get a lot of questions about, but you know, meat is so expensive. How can you afford it? Well, it's not really that expensive. If you, I mean, you want to talk expensive? Vegetables are expensive. We lived in Alaska, and they rot quick. We lived in Alaska, and vegetables were so expensive. So if you stop buying things that hurt your body and you put it into something that is good for your body, it's not expensive. And I'm not saying you need to go out and eat, like, ribeyes. Wagyu ribeyes. Ground beef. Make meatloaf. I mean, I make meatloaf. We have, like, egg pie, what we call egg pie. It's like a crustless quiche but it's it's not super expensive and if you get a big slab of meat and chop it up yourself i mean it's it's not that expensive and things don't go bad like we don't have things rotting in the fridge we don't cook something new until we finish everything so maybe we'll cook for three or four days of the week and then we'll have leftovers for a day or two and then we'll cook something then the next day yeah and and if you like to go out and eat that's fine too um you can stay keto or carnivore when you go out i followed this wonderful lady on instagram she lives up in the phoenix area i think her name is laura s path i believe is her name and she's awesome she makes little videos of her ordering food and she is 100 percent carnivore she said she doesn't eat fruit because she would go crazy and eat all the sugar all the fruit They're, only sugar again back to the addiction of the sugar yeah. and the carbs so she only eats meat, but it's super cool watching her order. And, like, you shouldn't feel ashamed. You shouldn't feel scared or, oh, they're going to think I'm so weird. Who cares? Well, I don't think it. They think and it about me. What we learned is Buffalo Wild Wings actually fries their wings in beef tallow. So we eat there a lot. So it's a and, good oil. Yeah, and it doesn't affect us. And if it did, we'd stop eating there. Um, but, yeah, so, like, just ask. Um, Hey, like, oh, she made a video ordering at Olive Garden. There was no other restaurants around where she was, and she had to go to Olive Garden, and she ordered meat. She said, I want the steak without the spaghetti. I mean, that is willpower because I would have ordered the spaghetti and said, (laughs) you know, this is a cheat day. But um, she's a strong, strong lady. And so, ladies, if you're looking for someone to follow... Her name is Laura Spath. It's S-P-A-T-H. And so her name on Instagram is Laura, L-A-U-R-A-E, as in Edward. I'll put a link in, in the show description at S-P-A-T-H. the bottom, too. S-P-A-T-H, yeah. She's awesome. And so if you're looking for someone to follow and for inspiration, she's great. And she'll teach you how to order at restaurants. And, yeah, just don't feel bad. Like when we started eating like this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to ask them for just the steak and not the sides. Like, that's so weird. Now I'm like, yep, I just want... It didn't bother me. I'm, I just want the wings. I've kind of always been... Well, because you're a man. Women are very different. They We're are. emotionally they different. Are. We're wired differently. I'm glad you're different. And we we feel weird in certain situations asking for certain And so, things. gentlemen, if your wife feels weird, order for her if she'll allow you. Yeah. That way oh, she doesn't have to I love that. Like, hey, you know... Let's just, bring back old chivalry, right? Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask what it's fried in. You know, I still get a little bit weird when Sam's like, what is this cooked in? You know, it's like, oh, why do you get asked? But it's it's good to know. Like, we used to go to this one restaurant here. I won't say the name. And we loved it. It was good. But we soy. felt like crud afterwards. Like they fry everything stomach, in soy oil. My stomach was bloated. And, oh, but the food was so delicious. And... Uh, we stopped going there after we found out what oils they use. But this is a bummer. 
It was a bummer because it was really good. And if they just would use beef tallow, it would be so much better. Yeah. And the thing is, you can do whatever you want. If you want to go eat whatever food you can eat, then go do it. But why put garbage in your body? Why put water in your gas tank? You know it's not going to work. So put, put the best fuel in for mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. Okay, so so I gave you two options earlier. And and you didn't know I was going to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and just, we'll hit the other option now. Okay. So the protection stuff. The protection stuff. So, and neither of us are by any means experts in the world of protection. <laughs> no. We are not. And so we're, we're certainly not claiming to be. And there are people that, that we look, there's lots of people we look up to. But we're better than we were three years ago. Yeah. And that's the important thing is that you learn something today no matter what realm it is, that makes you better than yesterday. And one thing that's been important to us because of where we've lived in the various places and just the world that we live in is how do I keep myself and my family safe? And there's, there's some books that we've read. Yeah. Uh, protecting the gift. And so the children of the gift. And it really, I think it really helps women understand because he talks about this in the book, and I'm not a woman, so and I didn't I, I want to put a little disclaimer. That book is it's very it's hard. hard to read. Oh, it's hard it, to read. It's not like it's tragic. Hard to read, like oh, what is this for? It's hard to read because it's emotionally draining. It's very, it's sad, but it's stories that you need to hear, um, so that it doesn't happen to you. Yeah, and then when I used to counsel patients on that, I'd say read this book, but it's hard to read. But it's better to read about it and see someone's tragedy than be that tragedy. And then the other one that I thought was amazing, it was about um, normalcy bias. Oh, the... I forget the name Malcolm of it. Gladwell. Yeah. Malcolm... I forget the name of it. Normalcy? It's about, no, it's about nor- normalcy bias. We have it because I, yeah. I read it. Um, but you see it all the time. You see... You, go on... Go on Fleckus. And watch Fleckus, and you'll see like someone getting the snot beat out of them, and everyone else is just standing around. And you're like, "What? Why is no one helping this this little old lady or this little old man getting the snot beat out of them?" That's normalcy bias. They think, "Oh, well, someone else will help," or "Oh, yeah, this this seems normal. This seems right." And it's it's completely not right. This is nothing normal about this. But that normalcy bias kicks in, and you fail to act. There's another one that I read that you didn't, but I told you about quite a bit called left of bang and so like on your timeline right is the future left is the past and bang is the ied that blew up and that's what the book is about and it's about reading people and like the classic example they gave in the book is you know this this i think it's marines or someone would roll into a town overseas everybody would be out walking and talking and doing their thing and then one day they rolled out and no one was out no kids no no women nothing boom the ied went off and so what the whole book is about is trying to figure out the patterns in the area that you live so that when you see something different, you begin to pay attention to those differences in patterns. And that's really important to watch, to watch people. Why is this guy here, right? You're in a place where it's like women's clothing and there's a dude there. And look how he's dressed. Is he dressed like a guy who's probably buying something for his wife or his mom? Or does he look like he's a dude who's about to pick up a kid and run? And it's not racist or sexist to do that, which society makes you think that it might be. Because it's not based on race or color or ethnicity or anything of that nature. It's the behaviors that the person's doing. And right, when uh, we live in a, a border town and we have a lot of border 
patrol checkpoints that we have to roll through. And they have to be so quick, look at you, okay, it looks like she's supposed to be here. Next. Which, by the way, if there's any gentlemen that work in Border Patrol listening to thank us, thank you. Thank you for all your hard work. We truly appreciate it. And we'll be praying for you. Was it May 23rd when things are supposed to change for you guys? And Well, the White House just said that they're going to kick the can down the road. Oh, good. Yeah. So our, keep what, doing all the strong work. We I know. truly appreciate it. Okay, so some of the things that we've learned from those books are like paying attention, not looking down at your phone. Mm-hmm. Especially moms. I see this often because I, where I work, I, I have a window where I can see the front of the, the clinic. And I'll see a little kid run from the parking lot towards the building. No parent. Mom's looking at her phone, checking Facebook. Today we went to a store in the parking lot. There was a dad. Uh, looked like he had little twin boys. Dad's holding the phone. Twin boys on either side of him walking through a parking lot. Hmm. Not holding hands of dad. And we're not saying overprotect your children, but protect your children. Not over, but protect. Right. Let them do dangerous things carefully, as Jordan Peterson says. But don't let them get in a position where they get run over by a car or taken from you and you never see them again. One thing that we learned in Alaska, we had a lot of fun in Alaska, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday, we got to go out and... Go shooting. That's right. Aromatherapy, as some people call it. USPCA, right? Is that what PSA. USPSA. USPSA. Shooting. Yeah. And guys, thanks. We appreciate for y'all being so patient with us. Um, (laughs) We were certainly not competitors. We were there strictly to learn how to shoot and move quickly for self-defense. That's right. Which is different than competition shooting. So there was people that were just insanely fast, but it's it's a little different than the goal that we had. Mm -hmm. The goal we had was to be able to take some cover so so that you can't be seen while you're trying to shoot, uh, make sure that you hit the target, gain confidence that every time you, wherever you point that pistol or whatever firearm it is, you put the bullet where it's supposed to go and not where it's not supposed to go because they had the targets we were supposed to hit and then they had no shoot targets. And we always, you know, kind of to keep it from being a joke, we'd say, that's, that's grandma. grandma. Yeah, you that's grandma. Put one that's right one in... of the kids. Like, we can't be doing that. Yeah, because otherwise it can kind of be like, oh, I got one in in the no shoot. <laughs> no, the seriousness is that could have been your grandma. Could have been someone else's grandma right. that you were trying to protect and you just put them down. Right. And so one thing that I know I do when I'm out alone with the kids is I, well, I'm... While my back is toward them because I got to reach for something in the car, I make them like grab my pocket or my pants so I know that they're near me enough that they can touch my pocket. Um, And then I I try my best not to look at my phone when I'm out with them. And my head is always on a swivel when I'm out with them alone. I'm looking at people. I'm looking them in the eye. I'm looking at how they're dressed. Um, Because when you read the book, Protecting the Gift, you'll see exactly why I I do do that. Um, And don't show frustration with your child out, even if they're acting bad, because some stranger might use that against you and say, hey, you look stressed. You know, why don't you leave your kid with me 
I'll watch your child for you. And you go shopping at Target. You look like you need a break, mom. They're going to make it all about you and how it's good for you that they watch your child because this was one of the actual... And the mom never saw her child again. Yes. And the, the story in the book, the mother never seen the child again. Little boy. Yeah. So, yes, kids can be such little brats when you're out, but just take a breath, stay calm, and, you know, if hey, put them in timeout at the store. We've done it. We've done it at Costco in the sugar aisle. We had yeah. our face the sugar, and I, fa- I had a mom come over to me and say, good job, it's nice to see a mother actually using timeout and not just screaming at her child. You know, so if you don't want the attention, don't ask for it. Right. You know, because it is your child and don't be afraid to say no. I know I have to flex that muscle um, a lot more than I should. Uh, but when it comes to my kids, I, I say no. And one thing Absolutely about not. that book that I think is really good, too, is that a lot of women, and I never thought of this, but a lot of women are afraid that they could provoke a man into attack if they say something that makes him angry. And they bring up a really good point. A good man will never be provoked into an attack because he's a good man. Now that that gets rid of half the people or more than half the people. The other half, the people that are bad guys, and I say guys because statistically it's a man who's a violent attacker. There's two categories. There's the guy who's going to do it anyways. No matter what you do, what you say, how mean or how nice you are, he will attack you and try to kill you. And the other one is if he sees you seeing him and he sees that you might be a tough target, he'll he'll find another target of opportunity and he'll leave you alone. Yeah. And that's really important. So making eye contact, the simple thing of making eye contact with someone and let them know that they, that you see them seeing you can prevent some issues. Yeah. But you can't do that if you're looking at your phone. Right. And we see that a lot at stores, especially the supermarket. Like moms are just so, um, in like a different world when they're at the supermarket and Target and all that, and they're looking at their phone or they're looking at something in the aisle and their back is completely turned to their child and their hand isn't even on the shopping cart. Or on the and child. And it takes like literally a half a second for someone to just come up and take your child away. Like I've seen it on There's surveillance videos, videos and yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. And Another big thing is transitional spaces. I've learned about this the past week or so by Byron Rogers. Byron Rogers, good guy. Yeah. So transitional space is any space where people are moving, where you there's multiple angles of approach. Another example is like you're checking out at the at the grocery store. You're near an exit, so someone can come in that you'd never have the ability to see them, and they can be on you quickly. And there's places like that everywhere. Right. Uh, he talked a lot about transitional spaces and uh, transitional spaces where you're most vulnerable. It's where the attacker or the predator, they wait for you to get into this transitional space. So an example is like walking from your vehicle into your home. That's a transitional space or walking from your vehicle into the store or the store to your vehicle. And I'm not saying you need to be paranoid. Like, I'm not saying that at all. There's a difference between being paranoid and being aware. And I think it's good to be aware. And then if you're aware enough and you practice it, it be, almost becomes like second nature. You right. don't have to focus on it so much. So pe- people listen to us and be like, man, these guys are paranoid. They're just scanning and searching and you and the, the 10 and 20 yard, you know, scan. No, we just, we look. We pay attention to our children. We pay attention to our children. We look, we look up, we look out. We, we pay attention... 
is that the same guy that's been behind me for the past three or four aisles? Mm-hmm. It sure looks like it. Let's do some weird turns and see if he follows us. It's little things like that that are just, it becomes part of your norm. And, and you know, people say, oh, sickle off your paranoid. No, I would be paranoid if I didn't do this because then I'd be wondering what could happen. Right. And so, especially ladies, I, I feel like in this day and age, especially now with what's happening, especially here in the United States where, you know, men are allowed in the women's bathroom, like we have to be on high alert right now. Like we have to watch out and we have to always watch behind us. Well, who's behind us? Who's in the stall next to me waiting for me to get out of the bathroom? Like it, it's not paranoia. It's you, you just need to be aware. And especially when you're alone with your Children. Anyway, back to transitional spaces. Um, there was this lady uh, in Houston that was exiting her vehicle, walking into her house, and a, another vehicle uh, was slow rolling down her road. And as soon as she got out of her car, he jumped out and attacked her and wanted money. And he was pointing a weapon at her. And so... Byron Rogers broke that video down and said if she had just, before she exited her car and entered that transitional space, had she looked in her rearview mirror first or looked out her door or say, okay, there's, you know. And I, I know this sounds absolutely paranoid, but like... It becomes second nature. Like, before I get out of my car, I'm going to just look real quick. Okay, yep, there's no one waiting for me. There's no one lurking. I'm going to leave. I'm going to get out of my car. If she had just stayed in her car and did that for that one second, she would have seen that vehicle slowly rolling down her road, and maybe she would have stayed in her car just for that second. Would the guy still have attacked her in the car? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he would have thought, darn, She's already in the house or something. Or she saw me. Let me get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I think another point to that is that particular situation, this didn't happen, but I think it was John Lovell who did a breakdown of a similar situation in Georgia. And this lady was at the gas station. She was pumping her gas. So a transitional space. She's out in the open. She's next to her car. She gets in her car and then two guys get in her car. She is about to be taken to the scene of the crime. Never, ever allow yourself to go to the scene of the crime. So whatever you have to do, that means slamming on the brake and like hitting a, hitting a tree because both those guys probably don't have their seatbelts on and you do because they were forcing her to drive. Do whatever you can to never go to the scene of the crime because they'll have all the time and all of the equipment and everything they need to do whatever they want to do. So never allow yourself to go to the scene, to be taken to the scene of the crime. Yeah. And like, so... Have a secret code with your significant other. Um, so, like, if there's something wrong and you want to be... you be like, tippy-toe. Yeah. Yeah. George so Cassanza. that they know. Tippy-toe. And, ladies, if you're going to the bathroom at a restaurant or wherever, take your phone with you. Tell your husband where you're going. Hey, honey, i got to go to the bathroom. It's a gotwa, right? Yeah, this is a gotwa. This is an armyism where you're going. Yeah. Um, what you're doing. What you're doing, time you'll be gone, when you should return, you know. You're better at the army stuff than me. Little things. And, um, you know, let your husband know, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. It should just take me two minutes. I'll be right back. You know, and if like 10 minutes goes by and you're not back, well, he should be going in there looking for you. You know? Maybe just calling through the door. Hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> Are you in that? Five more minutes? Okay. But, you know, always let someone know where you're at. Or, um, ah, that sounds so paranoid, though. Like, I, I don't want to sound paranoid with you. And, and it's not paranoia. It's, if, if you're a protector, like, like we try to be, you'll understand that this is not paranoia. This is just, it's the operating system underlaying everything. And it's second nature, and you don't even think about it. But then you think about it like, good example is the wife and I were playing with the kids out in the yard, in the front yard. And we kind of live out, out in the, the boonies a little bit. And neighbor has a dog. And I'm, I'm doing stuff. The kids are playing, doing stuff. And then two dogs start coming. And right as my wife is about to say, hey, Sam, I'm already looking at the dogs. We both saw it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's the awareness not paranoia, but the awareness of knowing your surroundings, knowing when things are different. And working as a team. Yes. I think that's super important. Uh, like, you should be able to work as a team with your spouse. Like, hey, we're in this together. You know, we're gonna, you're going to watch my back. I'm going to watch your back. And Like when yeah. we put kids in the van. We have a van that both doors open. So we're both leaning into the car. We've got our backs to the world. But we have our face. My face is where her back is. Her face is facing where my back is. So we're still aware. And and again, the people that that are protectors, that are sheepdogs, they'll understand what we're saying. And the people that aren't, I can't really help you see what you can't see. And another way that we work together as a team is when we're out, usually my wife will watch the kids. That doesn't mean I'm like just like standing overwatch and like looking, you know, mean face and all that. I'll have, you know, I'll be visiting with them and all that just like normal. But her job is to watch the kids more. And my job is to watch further out to see if someone's been following us to see if, you know, like this strange looking person over there. Okay, not a problem. Or that strange looking person over there. Let's let's change the direction of our travel. and Let's just go this way because it's for a good reason. Right. You don't want to put yourself in a bad place. That's the whole thing. You don't want to ever become a victim. You don't want your children to be victims. That... And you win every fight that you don't get in. Mm-hmm. If you never get in a fight, then life is good. Yeah. Now, if you get in a fight, you need to be ready to, to, to be a monster in that fight so that you win. But the goal is to never get in a fight. Yeah. Well, so we've been going for about an hour now. You know, if we'll see if... If you want to come back, if, if you feel like you want to come back again. I got to talk to my agent. Yeah. And, you know, maybe <laughs> if I want to have you back. No, I, I definitely would love to have you back. But, um, oh, man. I should have hit record. You didn't hit record. I'm just kidding. I got record. Oh. But we're about an hour now. So I think this is a good time to kind of wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? I don't think so. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, sir. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me again on another episode. Please share this with all your friends, with all your family, with everyone. Easter's coming up. Spend time with family, with loved ones. There's a song we sang in church just yesterday. Some of the lyrics are, Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus rose with our family in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. 
That's what happens this next week. Let's not forget that. That Jesus died for our sins. So that we don't have to be captive to sin, to death, destruction. And it's not fire insurance. That's not why we do this. We don't do this so we don't burn in hell. That's a byproduct. We do this so we can have a better life today, standing in truth. And speak truth. The pastor also talked about Nicodemus. Nicodemus ran out of time. He first met in darkness in the cover of night with Jesus to discuss Jesus' thoughts. And then later, he tried to say something in front of the Sanhedrin. And the next time we hear about Nicodemus is John chapter 19. Jesus is dead at this point. Nicodemus was out of time. But yet Nicodemus still showed up and helped bury Jesus. You're running out of time, people. There'll be a time when there'll be no one left with you to stand. This is not about if you got the shot. This is not about if you don't want the shot, if you like the shot, if you think the shot is great. And who I'm speaking to right now, this very moment, is if there is a general within the, the sound of my voice, you have the ability to make change. You can stop all of this madness today. I've heard that there's a general out there that is concerned about potentially removing 30,000 soldiers and the manpower problems that he will have because of it. Can you imagine if you remove 30,000 soldiers and now the only ones remaining are those that could potentially have significant problems? What if all of those in the military that did get the shot have a problem? What if only 10% of those people are not combat effective and can't deploy because of the injury caused by those shots? All right, now let's put, bump those numbers up to more realistic numbers. What if 50%? Let's go a little crazy. What if they're 90%? Who's going to fight? Who's going to protect this nation? If you're a general and you have these concerns, do something about it. It's your job. It's your life. It's your country. It's the future of your children and my children. If you want to help financially, please go to truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. It's a not-for-profit organization that's helping this fight against medical tyranny. And they're helping service members. They've also recently started a new vaccine adverse reporting system. The benefit of this one is, one, it's not run by the government. Two, it's easy to use. And this way we can help gather information and find out what the CDC should be tracking. So if you or you know someone that has been injured by the vaccine, please go to the truthforhealth.org website so that you can enter your information. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.